Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. It's Marcos Villegas. And today's guest is former Mexican Olympian and current undefeated WBC Super Featherweight champion, Oscar Valdez. Coming off his big knockout win over Miguel Burchelt, Valdez stops by to break down his victory. As we touch on that viral clip of him sparring Canelo Alvarez, fighting Vasily Lomachenko as an amateur, and wanting fights with Javonta Davis, Jamal Herring, and Shakur Stevenson. Now let's hear from the super featherweight champ. Enjoy. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Marcos Villegas. This is Fight Up TV, and I'm being joined now with the undefeated WBC super featherweight champion of the world, Mr. Oscar Valdez. Oscar, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Uh, as always, good to get a chance to speak to you uh, and invite you on here uh, with us. Man, you, you had a big win, big knockout win over Burchell. Probably got the knockout of the year uh, in, in that performance, but you've had a, a little time to rest and, and take some time off. Uh, how have you been uh, during uh, this whole time off? Well, I've been good. You know, I've been very happy. Um, I'm literally living a dream right now. I dream about these moments to become a WBC world champion and, and having these great fights like I just did on my last fight with Brichette, you know, I'm literally living a dream because I've always wanted this ever since I was a little kid. So I'm very happy right now taking some time off from, from training camp, but I'm still active. I'm still working out, working on the gym, trying to stay, stay ready so I don't have to get ready you know, in the future. Was this second division title more sweeter than the first? Because people always say like the first time you become a world champion is like the the sweetest moment. No, definitely this this time was way better. You know, it's not the it's not the same fighting uh uh fighting Matias Reda for for the for for my first world title fight at 126. It's not the same against that against fighting a WBC world champion like Miguel Bichette and also being the underdog and also fighting for a WBC world title. You know, it's just, this was, this was, was much better than my first, my first championship. So um, I'm very happy that we got the victory and especially with that fashion way that we did it. Yeah, man. And exactly what you said, like the, and the way that you did it uh, was like a, like a, an emphatic way to, to go and, and take the title uh, from the world champion. You know, since that win, man, what have you made of like the reception uh, that you've gotten based on, on what you did in there that night? No, nothing but good comments. You know, as soon as I, you know, after that fight, you know, um, I was, I'm a champion again, you know, and I missed being a champion. I was a champion in 126. Then we vacated the title so we can go up to this division. It took me a while to adjust in this weight class. And for a moment there, I felt people had already forgotten about me, had already um, under um, just, just called me out on every, and everything. You know, there was other champions coming up and there were other fighters who people were putting their eyes on. And I, I kind of missed that moment. I kind of missed that moment being in the ring, being in the ring as a champion and, and just being a champion in general. So it's, it's great to be back and nothing but good comments after this fight. You know, as soon as I crossed the border, 
my whole my whole people, my whole hometown was there waiting for me. And it was just a special moment for me seeing that my people right there supported me again. Yeah, I, I saw the videos, you know, of your homecoming and I was just like amazed. I was like, wow, like these guys like really like came out and, and uh, threw their, their support uh, behind you. And I, I would imagine, you know, man, that that was like the, the best feeling in the world for you to come back to something like that. It was like you just said, it was the greatest feeling in the world. You know, having your people there, we did not, I did not expect it. You know, we never planned that. That wasn't planned. As soon as I crossed the border, it seemed like people already knew I was going to cross. You know, they were waiting for that moment. And once I crossed, and everybody was waiting for me um, with the fire with fire truck, you know, it's like a little, it's a little tradition that you know, people from Nogales have. And it was a beautiful, it was just a beautiful moment. You know, they kept on putting that song. We are the champions from Queen. And it was just a great special moment for me seeing my whole hometown there and my family and a lot of my friends up in the fire truck with me. It was just a great special moment. Can it get any better than that? I don't know. I don't think so, man. It was just, it was just organic, authentic. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Um, it's going to be hard to top, top it again. <laughs> no, yeah, that's for sure, man. You, you got a lot of... Uh... A lot of options uh, for the future in terms of fights. Uh, a lot of uh, big names that, that are calling you out as well that uh, we'll go ahead and touch on. But I, I want to go back uh, to the fight. You know, in, in terms of you reviewing your work and, and looking what you did, you know, I know fighters are, are very harsh critics on, on themselves. You know, they, they always find little things there to, to nitpick. But overall, how would you rate the fight? the plan that you executed that night? Um, I would definitely rate myself a nine out of a 10 and because nothing is always as perfect as you want it to be. That's why, but, but being honest in this fight, we did exactly what we trained and that's, that's what brought more joy to myself. But the workout that me and Eddie and my father had been doing at the gym for a long time, had finally shown. I kept on telling people that people haven't seen the best out of me. They haven't seen the best out of Oscar Valdez and, for some reason, um, I haven't performed the way I wanted to. Um, I had to come out um, some victories, but not how I wanted them, like with uh, Adam Lopez and Jason Velez. And prior from that, you know, having my jaw broken, and it was just they were just fine fights after fights that I wasn't I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, and I didn't know what what it was. But I kept on telling myself, you know, I'm gonna rise with the competition. You know, the, the bigger the competition, the better, the more is gonna have to push myself to win because losing is never an option for me. So um I ran myself a nine because we did exactly exactly what we worked out and we, we kept on telling ourselves that we we're gonna win and we we're gonna win by a knockout. We didn't tell it to the public, we didn't we, we weren't saying it on the interviews or nothing, but in the gym, that's where you win the fights. Me and my trainer, Eddie Reynoso, and my father, we kept on telling to ourselves, and we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win by a knockout. We got this. We know he's going to look for that knockout, and that's going to be his biggest mistake. And exactly what we said is exactly what happened in the fight. So just by that, I was very happy, very happy that we won because we accomplished our dream. But I've had ever since I was eight years old, I wanted to be a WBC world champion. And also having a great fight, with Brichette, you know, um, this fight was being compared to my my great idols, Marco Antonio Barrera and Eddie Morales. It wasn't like that because it wasn't as as uh, 
back and forth like like Eric Morales and Marco Antonio Barrera, but the whole my whole country was waiting for this fight, and that's what made it beautiful that everybody was looking looking at, looking at this fight, and a lot of people thought I was gonna I was gonna lose. They, they thought they were gonna knock me out. Their teammates said my my, my rivals said that they were going to knock me on the 10th round, and it didn't happen. It happened complete opposite. In the 10th round, I got the knockout. So just thinking about the whole fight in general, you know, from doing it exactly what we thought we were going to do, from being an underdog, from having the whole my whole country watching and having a great knockout, um, it just made the fight great. You mentioned that uh, you guys knew you were going to knock him out. What made you feel that that you would be able to knock out this guy that at, at that point before you had fought him was the knockout artist, was the, the guy that was the heavy-handed puncher and the relentless guy? Well, I kept on telling everybody that. I think they're underestimating my, my size. I've always been a small fighter, you know, ever since I was in the amateurs. And it, it's nothing new to me fighting bigger and taller fighters and, and bulkier. It's nothing new for me. And... They kept on, you know, saying that they were going to look out for the knockout. They were going to come for the knockout. So if you're looking for the knockout, it's going to, you're going to open up. You're going to expose yourself. And that's exactly what we kept on saying in the gym. But then, and also the work ethic that we have, you know, I always give it 100% of the gym every day that I'm in the gym. If I got time to go to a store or go to, a, to, go to the movies, if I got energy to do all those things, it means I didn't work out like I should have. I always give it 100%. So I get exhausted and go back to go to sleep, go rest up, and then go train again. That's just my work ethic. So training hard, training hard, and doing repetitions, and telling ourselves that we we're going to knock them out because we knew they were going to look out for, they were going to go out for the knockout. That's what we kept on telling ourselves that we we're sure we we're going to, we we're going to knock out our opponent. So no, no golf with you, uh, with Canelo after workouts. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, the, the Canelo is um. He's a phenomenon. He's something different. He he can do that, but my my word, I think my mind just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't allow me to do that. If I do something like that, it just is going to start bugging me, telling myself that I didn't give it a hundred percent in the gym. So I always have to work hard, go to sleep, go back to train, go back to sleep, and that's just my those are those are my camps. Yeah, and you might pick up a, an expensive hobby because golf is an expensive hobby and it's uh, quite uh, addicting, I hear, from people that get into it. <laughs> you know, that, that, that overhand, man, you, you know, you're, you're mentioning it, but you guys drilled and drilled and drilled that then, that same punch? Well, yeah, um, that was something different, you know, going going with Eddie right now. So, so a lot of people knew I used to train with Manny Robles, a person who I got nothing but respect, nothing but love because – He's a first. He's a first trainer who put maybe a world champion, and I, for that I will always be grateful with him. I will always have love. He's part of my my legacy, and you know, I'll, every time I get a chance, I always try to put it out there that I have nothing but love for Manny Robles. He's a great guy. He's a great trainer. But the decision was made by the by the team to go out and look for a better for for another option, not a better, better another option, and. We moved, we went to Eddie Reynoso. And at first it was it was hard adjusting to his work ethic because with many roles it was a lot of a lot of workout, a lot of training, hard work, a lot of intensity. It was fun. And with Eddie Reynoso, it got it got a bit boring at first. 
you know, going back to the basics, doing a lot of repetitions, throwing a hundred jabs, throwing a hundred uh, uh, right hands, and throwing a hundred body shots. And you think as a fighter, you already know that because you know we've been we've been fighting ever since we're eight years old, and it got boring at first. But after a time, I started throwing punches. I started. I started doing things differently in sparring sessions. I kept on telling to myself that, okay, this is working out. Whatever Eddie Reynoso is, is making us do, well, the results are there. So um, I got a little bit more comfortable with Eddie, and, and other results are showing. We were conscious that we weren't going to learn everything in one training camp, and it took us a while to adjust, but we finally got to that, that spot where we wanted to, where we're better – uh, on our on our defense, on our offense, and, and everything in general. So, um, I just I just feel feel like a more complete fighter thanks to my father and to Eddie Reynoso. Yeah, it, it seems like this performance was finally where like everything like clicked in because I know like to uh, the prior fights that you had with Eddie, a lot of people were still wondering like, hey, you know, like what what's going on with Oscar? It doesn't look like he's uh, improving under Eddie's system. Like, did, did that bother you at all? Because I know you must have heard those things from people. Yeah, it bothered me, but it bothered more internally. I I was getting frustrated at myself because things were coming out as I wanted to. We would have great sparrings. There was not a sparring where I wouldn't, where I would feel, was, I will always feel good in the sparrings, and I would do everything Eddie, Eddie would tell me in the sparring sessions. But as soon as a fight would show up, I wasn't myself. Something was off. And I kept on getting frustrated at myself. Why aren't things going out as, as, as planned? And we're conscious. You know, all the other fighters, our rivals are also studying us and they're not going to just stay there so I can, so I can look good. You know, they're going to try to win, win the fight as well. They also got their game plans and it must have been working out. But a lot of times I kept on asking myself, why is it coming out as I wanted to, as, uh, as the, as sparring sessions go? As the workout that we've been doing, it's not we're not showing it in the fights. Um, in all these negative comments, there was a times where they were actually get at me, and I would actually doubt myself every now and then. Am I getting old in the sport? Am I am I getting hit too much, and I'm not reacting as I want to? Is it this? Is it that? But at the same time, I've always been a very positive guy. Every time those 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 thoughts will come to my mind. I will shake my head and, and and just say no to myself. No, that's not it. We gotta we gotta keep on working hard. We keep, we gotta keep on pushing it because one, losing is never an option for me. And two, I was I was born for this. You know, I was I was born to fight. You know, I, I love I love the sport. I don't ever see myself retiring because I just love the sport so much. I love being in the gym. I love you know I love fighting. So I can I cannot accept that every time all those negative comments will come to me. And, uh, and there was times, like I said, that I would doubt myself. I would have this own battle in my mind where, where I would tell myself, no, stop thinking about that. Stop thinking about that. You, you, you were born for this, and, and you're going to be a champion again. And that's exactly what we did. Positive reinforcement. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of, um, and, and, and um, I don't know, like the, the exact word, but like mental uh, visualizing, a lot of visualization. Yes. You gotta, you gotta ask for it. You gotta ask for it. You know, you gotta, 
you got to repeat it in your mind, but you got to repeat it in your mind. You got to work out for it. You know, you can't, you can't just repeat it and just sit down on your couch and not do nothing. You know, you got to repeat, fight, fight for your dreams. And that's what I kept on telling myself that that's a time where I would get, I would get uh, angry because uh, I worked so hard. I worked so hard and, and then things weren't coming out as I wanted to. So um, I'm just very happy that finally we're there where we want it to be. That we're in a good position right now. We're, you know, the, 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 the future is bright, which I just got to keep on working out the same way I've been doing it. You know, I became a world champion beating Alakram Bichette. I only took a week off. I'm back in the gym, back in the gym doing weights, going to the gym, hitting the mids, hitting the bag. Just trying to stay stay active. You know, I did a half marathon, you know, just oh, got to push myself. Got to push myself, keep on working out because, you know, um, getting getting in shape, getting getting the condition, is one of the hardest things to 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 get, and one of the easiest things to lose. So I don't want to lose this uh this condition that I have. Got to keep on working out because I know there's a lot of fighters out there. There's a lot of young, hungry fighters who want to who want to take this belt away, and the same way I wanted to take Alakarmichet's belt. So I can't let that happen. I got to work hard and you know just just look out for the best. You know, you, you mentioned the uh, past performances, like you didn't feel like yourself and you're, you're telling me like, hey, you know, like, um, you know, you work out, you go home, you work out, you work out, you have a very uh, strong work ethic and you like to, to work out 120 percent. Do you think you were overtrained at all? Like, were you not allowing yourself to recover? Well, th that, that was one of the things that me and Eddie and my father and my manager, Frank Espinosa, which is his birthday today. I want to congratulate him, wish him a happy birthday, Frank Espinosa great manager this whole team kept on telling me that maybe i'm overtraining myself but i don't see it that way you know uh, i feel like if i don't work out this way i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do and i love i love training this way i'm training with high intensity just pushing myself to the to 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 the limits and there was times there was several times where eddie eddie reynos had to slow me down sometimes and tell me hey that's enough and I want to push myself a little bit more. It's just take your gloves off. And they have to force me sometimes to start training. But I, I don't know. I, I truly don't believe that I've been uh, overtraining myself. But those are comments that I have heard from my father, from Frank, from, from Eddie Reynoso, and from several people. So um, I wouldn't know because I always feel great in sparring sessions and in uh, and, and, and the gym. But like you said before, like I said before, the, the fights, things weren't going out as I wanted to. So it could be, but you never know because with this fight with Alakami Shed, I worked out the same way with high intensity, just a little bit more smarter in the gym and, and in the fight as well. Uh, I, I know um, that uh, a lot of people were expecting this to like be a, a firefight and it was a dominant performance uh, by you. Uh, I know you, you've had to have heard this uh, because, uh, you know, doing research, I, I heard this from uh, people, too. You know, do you think COVID at all affected uh, Burchell? And what do you make of that? Because I know uh, that's uh, one of the reasons why the fight was uh, postponed a, a few months back. Um, I have, uh, of course, I've heard those 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 comments. Um, I, I don't know what to take from this sometimes because. Uh, I mean, I talked to Pantarin Taneri. He, he had uh, he had COVID. And he didn't put that in excuse. He won the fight, and he said he felt great. He said he didn't feel nothing. But 
I don't know. You know, uh, it could be, could maybe it couldn't be, but um, I think it would have affected if it was COVID. Maybe in the later rounds, but I think it was a little clear that I, uh, I caught him good in the fourth round, and ever since then he wasn't he didn't recover. Yeah, you hit so a I, tremendous punch. I wouldn't think it was COVID because uh because like he, he never recovered from that shot. Maybe because he would have got tired because he threw a lot of punches. That could be one, but I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, there's maybe just excuses. But at the same time, I don't know. Uh, I, I also don't want to don't want to say this. Uh, the, you know, every, COVID hits everyone different. Maybe it did hit him. Maybe it didn't. But at the same time, I'm just enjoying the, the victory because um, you know I would never know. How would we know? Unless he wants to rematch. But a rematch is what happens when, when fights are close fights. Um, this fight was a little bit more, you know, one-sided. I would want better fights, other fights than, than, than a rematch, maybe in the future, if he wants it. But uh, I truly don't know if it, if it affected him or not. Your punch affected him, that's for sure. And you could tell those people, like, no, the reason why he looked that way is because I, I clipped him in the fourth round and he didn't recover. And that was apparent. And at the same time, at the same time, I worked up, I worked very hard for for to win this fight. I worked very hard to fight with a with a technique and, and, and a strategy. And uh, I think the strategy is what made it like that. Not 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 COVID, but I repeat, uh, I, how how would we know? I think he fought. He fought uh, Tronco Valenzuela in Mexico City, and he didn't look so good either. And he didn't have COVID right there. So, you know, was it really COVID? Or was it that he was already struggling to make weight? Or was it that, you know, that um, we had a better strategy than him? You know, speaking of strategy, and this is a, a thing that's always uh, interested me, is uh, how coaches approach training and game plans like you know you're with eddie reynoso eddie has a, a tremendous stable right now and you included uh, canelo uh, ryan garcia andy ruiz uh frank sanchez just got a ton of just tremendous uh, talented fighters in there with you so when you guys go into a fight like uh, get me into the mind of eddie like how, how does he approach uh putting a plan together for you and, and like how is his approach to uh training i mean He's very, he's very quiet when it comes to like fight date. You know, the day of a fight, he's just very quiet. I think the well, what he does is he prepares you very well in the gym. And once we're gonna fight, you know, he just pretty much talks in the corner. He like before we work, we, we go out, do a little bit of mid work, just say simple words that we've been working out in the gym. Um, he was a little bit different this fight. This fight, he was way more aggressive to, towards me. Um. Kept on yelling, to, yelling at me. Kept on uh, reminding me not to not to mess up, because he, he would tell me that if, in training sessions he would tell me if we if we keep on working the same way we're working, we're gonna win easy. We're gonna do this. You're gonna be like that. He doesn't know how to walk this way. He doesn't know how to walk this way. But you just gotta listen to me. But we kept on repeating it, repeating it, and it, and it felt like we were doing a good job. But in the fight. He kept on yelling at me, very aggressive, very reminding me not to mess up. And uh, does that ever make to, you go like, "What the fuck? Why are you yelling at me, man?" <laughs> no, at the contrary, I was very focused. You yeah. know, every time you yell at me, it, it was working because uh, there was, was times like, where the light bulb would it, go off. Because you tell me my my biggest 
my biggest mistake is my my heart. That's what he would tell me. He says you, you get mad too easy and you want to go out there and you want to you want to give a good fight, but that's your biggest mistake. He would tell me. So um, kept on telling to myself, don't fall on the game plan. Don't step in there. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Um, stick with the game plan. And every time he would see me, sometimes going in there wanting to fight, uh, he would remind me, yell at me, and and just. Trigger my trigger my my warnings, you know, and, and and it kept on working out because there was times where like Amber said will tell me like that, let's let's go, telling me that I'm pretty much running away from him, and and he would keep on yelling at me, and stay stay with the game plan, stay with the game plan. After the fight, you know, now that we after we won and everything, he 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 came up to me and he said he was, he was sorry for yelling at me that that way, but I was. That's what you had to do. Eh? That we 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 won the fight thanks to thanks to that being aggressive towards me and, and, and my father towards me kept on reminding me not to not to fall into his game plan, and that's why we won. What about you know how Eddie approaches a actual game plan in camp? Like how is he? You know how does he approach it? And like what's his like training system like? Well, I think I think it's the same as uh, other other trainers. You no, know? what, what we do, we sit down in his house or, or anybody's house and we watch we watch film, watch film. We we'll watch what uh, what uh, our rivals' mistakes are, and from there we go to the gym. He does a lot of repetitions. So if 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 our if we see our opponent um, slacking on, on, he might get hit with uppercut, and we work on a lot of uppercuts, uppercuts and. You keep on throwing them, throwing them, and he finds a way how to, how to, how to work around that. And in this fight, two of my uppercuts were the reason why my Brashev went to the canvas. So it just proves that the work ethic that he has and everything that he's been, that he's doing in the gym, it works out. It works out well. He, he's a very, he's a strong analysis. He was always he's always watching boxing, and not just our rivals. He's always watching boxing in general. If you go to his house, you're gonna probably see him watching some old boxing fights. Eddie's uh, analysis—he's uh, he's always studying boxing, and he tells us all, all the time: "This boxing is his life, like his logo." Mm, mm, that's interesting. You, you think that's what sets him apart? Is that it? Is like he's a real student? Like he really likes to get into like the nitty gritty of, of that side of things? Well, I'm almost positive that's what it is, because he's always he's always watching boxing. He's always studying boxing. He's always reading about something uh, to benefit his uh, his athletes. So, you know, I'm, I'm almost positive that's what it is because he he likes to study boxing. Yeah, like I mentioned, it, it's you, Ryan, Canelo, Frank, Andy. How's it like being in camp with those guys, man? Like, how is it when all you guys are there? Well, it must be hard on Eddie because you know he lives in the gym pretty much because everyone has their own their own times. So it's very there's very few times where we're all together in the gym, and when we're all together, it's it's, it's pretty cool having, you know, having uh, great fighters like that in the gym because we all we all carry the same energy, we all carry the same, we all have the same dream to be the best, and we all just support each other. We all help each other. There's no negativity in the gym. On the contrary, it's nothing but positivity and, and great energy. You know, I love being in there with Andy, and he's my friend for for a very long time. We've been friends and. You know, we just carry that good vibe. You know, Canelo is a little bit quiet, more quiet, but when he talks, you know, he's always giving positive and good advice. 
And you got someone like Ryan who just had carries a, a lot of energy, great energy. You know, he, he just is just contagious. You know, he brings good vibes. And just everybody in the gym, we, we just carry that same energy and we try to help each other out. Who's the, like the prankster of the group or like the jokester? The prankster? Ah, Cesar Martinez is a funny guy. I, li yeah. I like Cesar Martinez. Cesar <laughs> Martinez is something else. He looks like Cesar. a funny guy, actually. Oh, he, he has like he, that little deceiving smile. <laughs> um, he's a, he has a very contagious smile. Very, he, has, he just brings it. Every time I'm with him, I, I, I have to be here for, with him for like 15 minutes maximum because it's too much. It's too much energy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's always, you know, he's, he's a very funny guy. He's always joking around in the gym. But also Ryan, Ryan also yeah, he just carries a, uh, you know, he, he he goes in the cameras, he does a lot of things, but he does give the work, he puts in the work a lot. So for him, it's not just all cameras, as a lot of people would think, you know, you, Andy, uh, Ryan Garcia does does work out pretty hard in the gym. So um, everyone has their own their own personalities in the gym. Andy's more as a uh, as a kid, you know, I see Andy and I just I just think of him as a as a very happy kid all the time. Everyone, everyone has their own personalities in the gym. Yeah, it's so cool to. Uh, that's like a super team, man. Like uh, of just like a like class talent, man. That that's you rarely see something like that in boxing. Like it's more familiar in MMA because you know they have like fight camps and, and boxing's more like individual. Everybody sets up their own individual camp with the, their own individual people. So it, it, it's a rare thing, but it's a uh, it's a really really cool thing to see because it. it it seems it comes off like you guys are really like friends, like even outside of all this stuff as well. And it is, and it, it truly is. And, uh, we all, we all try to stay in touch with each other. We all try to support each other because like I said, we all, we all have the same dreams. Um, we all try to support each other. That's, that's, uh, that's the, the benefit of being all together. You know, Andy Reese is going to fight very soon. We're almost sure he's going to win. You know, Canelo has a great fight in front of him against Billy Joe Sanders. We're also pretty sure he's going to win. And, you know, we all have tough fights, but we all see how we work out. You know, I see the way uh, Andy Ruiz, I see how Canelo works out, how Ryan, Frank, Frank Sanchez, you know, all, all these fighters we all see in the gym when then we all know that if you put, if you, if you do a sacrifice, if you do the work, the good work, I think if you, you work hard in the gym, you know, the fighting is going to be the fun part. The hard part is being in the gym, working out hard. No, yeah, th that's true. And you guys can uh, feed off of each other's energy as well, which is like a, a big uh, help because if there's ever like days uh, that you're not feeling motivated, you know, you could look at the other guys and you see them like grinding their ass off. And then like that kind of like pumps you up and, and, you know, makes you feel like, oh, no, nah, like, you know, I, I, I got to push it. Like, look how hard so-and-so is working. And you learn something from everybody. You know, I, I learned something from Mandy. I can learn something from Brian Garcia. Like, I learned a lot of things from Canelo. And Canelo has that thing that he, he tries to give that knowledge to everybody. You know, he tries to be a coach as well. And he's, yeah, he's the one who has more experience than all of us. He's been in there with Floyd Mayweather, with, 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 uh, with Miguel Cotto. And he's been there with, with great fighters, with Xander Lara. So he has all that experience. And he has a lot to, 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 to show us in there. You know, we learn from Eddie Reynoso, obviously. But he also, well, we also learn from, some, from each other. We all try to help each other out. You know, this was sparring with Canelo. Canelo uh, tried to teach me a couple of things different that, I, that, that we're not used to, like staying in the ropes. People, are, uh, as, a, as a trainer, you don't want to see your fight in the ropes. But Canelo tells us, use the ropes as your, as your, 
uh, as your benefit. Use it. Use the ropes. You can use the ropes and still be defensive. And it's true. And we've been doing it. So there's just a lot of things. In boxing, you never stop learning. You can learn from Canelo. You can learn from Andy. You can learn from Ryan, from Frank, from all these fighters. And that's what we, we all try to do in the gym. Try to support each other, you know, and, and keep on feeding off that positive energy. Yeah, there's a clip of you sparring Canelo. Um, how was that like, man, being in there with him? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience, for sure. Um, there was times where, where I would see Canelo in his career and he's uh, bobbing and weaving, ducking the shots and, and moving. And I would ask myself, was that really skills or was that luck? Because it looks too, it looks too slick. It looks too... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just, you know, you're moving. You're like, you're reading the shots. Like you already know what the shots are. You can't be reading all those shots. You can't make a miss six, seven, eight punches. It must've been luck. That's what I will ask myself. And he does it again. Then he does it again. Then I see him in sparring sessions and he keeps on doing it. Then I go in sparring with him and I'm throwing, I'm throwing some fast shots and it's hard to hit him. So prove to myself that it's not luck. I don't think none of this is luck, you know, it's just hard work and talent. And he keeps on, he keeps on working on his talent and trying to be a better fighter. So, you know, I take, take my hat off for Canelo for having that, 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 you know, that, what do you call it? Talent, bobbing and weaving, keep on working on it, making great fighters miss shots. Yeah, like you're a 130-pounder. Like 130-pounders in general are quick. He, he's like a super middleweight. And when I saw that clip, I was like, what the heck? He's making Oscar miss. Like, that makes <laughs> no sense. Like, this guy's a super middleweight. Like, what in the hell? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a great experience, without a doubt. Um, uh, I got very excited when, when Canelo Spine didn't show up and he was already ready. And Eddie said... Pues, ahí está el Oscar. And Canelo looked at me and I said, yeah, I'll go in there because, you know, who wouldn't want to go in there with Canelo as a, as a learning experience, you know. And, and so I got in there and I was very excited to, to step in the ring with him, to share a ring with him because not only uh, very few people have done it. So, you know, you, you learn from this. And in boxing, like I said, you never stop learning. Um, there's always a lot to improve. There's always a lot to learn. And being in there with them definitely has helped me. Did, were you thinking the same thing we were thinking, like when you were throwing the shots, like, what the heck, why can't I touch this guy? I was getting a little bit frustrated. <laughs> uh, I, was, uh, I was getting mad at myself. Why am I not hitting Canelo? <laughs> I'm, I'm supposedly faster. And he makes it look so easy as well. Like, you know, like it's not like I'm not trying to hit you. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm throwing pretty fast, and, and I'm, not, I'm not landing the good shots, so. Yeah, I was getting a little frustrated, but at the same time, we're, we're also having fun in there. You know, we're also having fun trying to, trying to learn. Like I said, that's the most important thing. Always learn from, from the sparring sessions. You know, over the weekend, uh, we learned that uh, Carl Frampton is uh, retiring. Um, and he got knocked out, stopped by uh, Jamel Herring. Overall, Oscar, what did you make of how the fight played out? Because I know a lot of people uh, were seeing us, Carl, actually, as the favorite coming into the fight. Uh, I, I kind of had uh, Jamal Herring as a favorite, slight favorite. I wouldn't, I wasn't that. I didn't think Jamal Herring was gonna um, knock him out like that or knock him down. Um, but you know, Jamal Herring is a great fighter. You know, what, what can we say? He worked, 
I can tell you he works hard. He has a work ethic and he has the skills. He has great boxing skills and he just caught Frampton. You know, sometimes, you know, you, you don't, you, the, the, the shots you don't see are the ones that hurt the most. And I think that's exactly what happened. Um, it's always sad to see somebody retire, announce their retirement. Carl Frampton had a great career. And, you know, I congratulate him for the, the, the excellent career that he had. I would have loved to fight him as 126, maybe 130. But Jermaine Henry is now the winner. So I think that's a possible fight that could happen in my next fight. But, you know, we don't know. If it happens, it happens. I would love to fight. I would love to unify. Um, I said it before, uh, I would want the winner of Frampton and Jermaine Henry. Um, both fighters are great fighters, but Jermaine Henry did, did do his job. He did his job very well. And he got the, you know, he's still undefeated. No, not undefeated. He's still, uh, still the champion. If you had your way, would that be the, the next logical fight? Like if you uh, had, you know, carte blanche and you're, you were able to say, like, this is the next fight, like uh, um, no, no ifs, ands, or buts, would that be the one that makes the most sense to you? I think that's the one that makes the most sense because, uh, because we're both signed with top rank and, uh, and why not unify? You know, people want to see that fight. Let's do it. You know, uh, we are the champions. Let's show who, who is the, the bigger uh, and the better fighter in this division. Let's make it clear. Of course, that was that would, that would be the, the most logical fight. And of course, we'll take it. That'd be a good fight. I, I like that fight, you and him. And I, I think it'd be a, a very exciting fight. Like, how would how do you think you match up with the Jamel Herring? Um, definitely a competitive fight. You know, there's a reason why he's a world champion. There's a reason why I'm a world champion. Um, you know, I would just have to sit down with Eddie with Eddie Reynoso and and see what we're gonna do to to win this fight. You know, like I said before, with with Olakarbishet, you know, no one's invincible. Neither Lacran, neither myself, neither Jermaine Harry. No one's invincible. Everybody will make one mistake that could bring a possible win. So that's my, my mindset. I don't think uh, no fighter out there is invincible, and that's that's something that that we always have. We're gonna we're gonna if we watch the fight, we're gonna find something that will make us win the fight. He looked really, really good in the fight, and uh, I think in general, I think his size poses a problem for for a lot of the people in your division because he's really big. He's a big 130 pounder, and I think that that was the main problem that Carl had in that fight was just overcoming that the size and the reach advantage um, in that fight. Like, how do you avoid that happening? That what happened to Carl happened to you? Well, you being a better fighter, you know, you go, uh, not going too, too straight with, uh, with a tall fighter like that. You know, got to watch out with those uppercuts. You know, Jermaine Harris has tremendous uppercuts, so obviously that's, you can't go too straight with him. But like I said before, there's a lot of things you could do to, to, to avoid that, you know, being, being a, a better user your legs, your, your, your waist, and bobbing and weaving and getting in there to, to land your own shots. But it's, e- it's easier said than done, you know. Like I said, like like you said, he's a tall fighter. He has that great advantage on him. He's fast and he carries a punch. So um, it will definitely be a tough fight. But the fans want it, and that's definitely what what, what we want as well. 
What'd you make of uh, Shakur after the fight? Um, you know, he, he went on Twitter, and I know he's been making a, a lot of noise about wanting a fight with you. What do you make of the things that he said that, that uh, he's saying, like, oh, now Oscar's definitely not going to want to fight me because Jamel has a belt now. Like, I need to fight Jamel first. And just overall, like, the things that he's been saying. I mean, it's good. It's good for, for this fight, for, for boxing in general. You know, um, I'm not the type of fighter who likes to talk, you know. I'm not the fighter who's going to go on social media and you know, comment back, you know, just, I've tried to done it. You know, it just doesn't feel right with me. I'd rather just let my hands do the talking, just get the side, let the fight done. And let's fight. One thing for sure, I'm not scared to face no no fighter. I've been fighting inside and outside the ring ever since I was a little kid. So uh, I fear no fighter. And, you know, if the fight, if the fight gets done, it gets done. And of course, Shakur Stevenson isn't invincible either. There's things in there, you know, that will make us win the fight as well. But, you know, whatever fight happens, whatever fight's in front of me, I will take him. I would like Jeremy Hanning because he has a title, but not avoiding all the fighting. Um, if you could fight some first or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter for me. Uh, I'll fight any fighter out there. You know, Shakur Stevenson is good, but he's, you know, you know, making noise because a lot of people want to see this fight. And but I'll let my fist do a talking whenever the fight's my if it's my next fight or or two more fights or whatever fights uh uh top rank puts in front of us. So hopefully it's Jermaine Herring because it's a fight that you know unified belts and but we're open, we're open to fight anybody. What do you make of uh Shakur's style? Because I know he gets a lot of criticism from some boxing fans that uh, that they don't like his style. They say he's very uh, a very boring fighter. Well, he does he does what he what he has to do to win the fights. You know, you can't can't judge a fighter for his style just just because he wins the fights. You know, he's a little, he's you can tell obviously he's more defensive fighter, but you got to do what you got to do to win. You know, that's um, at least that's my mindset, but. It's a little bit opposite for me because my style is a little bit more aggressive and people like my style because of that. But if I had a different style, it wouldn't matter to me because, you know, I just want to win and go back home to my family. But, you know, there's, there's, you know, you could be a defensive fighter and still be, you know, still be recognized as an attractive fighter. You know, you got, you got examples like Carmanel Marquez was a great counter puncher and people recognize him. And you got people like, uh, Pernell Whitaker is a great defensive fighter, but you know, he puts up a good fight. He put a good fight in his days. So um, you know, for, for the casual fan, I think people will consider him a boring fight uh fighter. But for a for a real you know boxing fan for a good analysis, you can tell that he's uh, obviously a great fighter. So you're a fan of his style. Like you, you wouldn't uh you wouldn't agree like with the fans that say like, oh he's so boring to watch. Da, 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 da. Well uh, it's not that I'm a fan of his style, but you know, I can appreciate a style like that. Like, uh, there's um, people who criticize Guillermo Rigondel, Rigondel, and I like seeing him fight, you know, because I I, I don't see what other people are looking. I, I look at his boxing skills, and I've been watching him since since the Olympics, since the uh, gold medals that he that he won. So um, I can appreciate a good fighter watching him, but you know, I think a casual fan wouldn't wouldn't. You know, I always hear criticism towards Guillermo Rigondeau and to like a fighter like Shakur Stevenson because they're more defensive fighters. But I have no problem watching them or fighting a fighter like that.
In your eyes, say uh, you go into this Jamel Herring fight, you become a unified champion. Does he have to get a title for it to make sense uh, for you? Would you give him a chance? No, I'll give him a shot. I'll give him a chance for sure. Well, um, if it was for me like that, of course I would get a fight. Well, but, you know, it makes it seem like it's that easy. You go, you go to top rank, you make top rank, make the fight. You, we can't just, just, hey, let's go, let's go see each other in the corner. Let's go fight in Vegas. Let's get the fight done. Oh, that'd be um, awesome if you guys could do that. It'd be so much easier. You know, fights happen. so <laughs> you know, there's a lot of great fights who we, we would want to see, like like uh, Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. But you know, it's not it's not that easy as people think. But this, this in this case is way more easier. You know, Shakur and we're, we're both for top rank, but you still got to go through top ranks to to make this fight happen. You know, but. If we make the Jermaine Henry fight, you know, he, he doesn't have to get a belt to fight, you know, but people want to see the fight and then we'll make the fight happen without all of them. For you, Oscar, you know, what is the dream fight at, at uh, any weight, just in general? You know, is, is there a fight that you're eyeing, that you're looking at, that you think like, oh, this is this is it. This is the fight that I want. This is this is the fight that's going to get the world's attention. Well, I don't have one right now. The one I did have was like Grand Bichet, you know, and I never make plans after, before a fight, but now that we won, I still don't have one fighter that I'm thinking of that, that I would want to fight. I think a great fighter who, who I would like well, would be Gervonta, Gervonta Davis. He has an attractive fight that the full fans will enjoy because he has a great, you know, he has a great style. He knocked out Leo Santa Cruz and, and you know, in a great fashion way. And he's, he's an aggressive fighter as well, so I think that's that's a that's a fight that the fans would definitely enjoy. Um, it just it just sucks to see him going through a situation that he's going through legal problems. Hopefully, he can get get out of that soon and and continue his career. But um, I truly don't have one right now where I'm where I'm thinking of that, like the same one that I have with Bichette. But I I think it would definitely be. Maybe Gervonta Davis. Yeah, that that'd be a tremendous fight, man. But uh, I think he's going up to one forty. Like last time, like I, I checked <laughs> the news, which is it's just crazy to me. You know, like props on him for doing that. He, yeah, he might props. have the power to to you know carry himself at one forty. But I'm thinking, like, dang, these guys at one forty are are big dudes. Yeah, it's well. I'm, the reason why I mentioned him because he just his last fight was 130 pounds. That's why I'm bringing him up, but. If he goes to 140, props to him. You know, I think a, a fight at 135, he has a lot of fight, good fighters as well, like Teofimo Lopez or Ryan Garcia or, you know, or the, the Devin Haney. There's, just, there's great fighters around this whole division. 130 and 135, there's a lot of great fighters. But right now, right now, I truly don't have one fighter who I think it could be Gervonta or it could be, you know, you know Shakur Stevenson, either one. Lomachenko, well, Lomachenko. You faced him yeah. the amateurs. L L definitely, I forgot to keep on. I forgot to mention Lomachenko. Lomachenko's, even though he came out of a, a loss against uh, Teofimo Lopez, he's still a great fighter. He's still one of the best pound for pounds, in, in, in my opinion. But you know, either either one, anyone who's in, in in the path, I would definitely want to fight him. One thing for sure, like a repeat, I'm not scared to face him. No fighter. Yeah, you got some great names at 130 pounds, man. You got uh, Jojo Diaz, you got Tevin Farmer, you got Jamel, you got Shakur, uh, you got Leo, you know, you got Tank, you know, a lot of guys, you know. Um, you and Jojo, you and Leo, Abner, if he, if he comes back, I think those would all be tremendous fights too. Yeah, those, like, like I, 
even Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa, Leo Santa Cruz just came off a loss with Javante Davis. But he's still a dangerous fighter. He's still an attractive fighter. You know, just because he came off a loss like that doesn't mean, you know, his career is over. You know, um, I think Leo Santa Cruz, and, and because of his style and my style, will be a great fight for the fans to watch. I think that's a more, more uh, closer fight like uh, Barrera and Morales than Oscar Valdez versus Lacan Bichette because we both are going to throw a lot of punches and we're both going to go at it. Is, uh, and, you know, it's going to be a similar fight like that. But, like I said, though, you just mentioned great fighters. And in this whole division, you got, like I said, you got uh, uh, Joseph Diaz. Joseph Diaz, uh, um, a lot of fighters, a lot of fighters. It's, it's full of full of talent in this division. It's just, just make the fights happen. That's all. When do you think your uh, next fight, or around when do you think you'll have your next fight? I haven't heard nothing from, from top rank yet or from my manager. We're still waiting. Um, that's the reason why I'm still staying active because I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get a, a fight date and not be ready. But if it's in August, September, October, November, anyone, but I, I, I do want to fight this year again. Um, if it's right away, if it's the sooner the better for me because, um, I just, I just love being in the gym, love fighting. And you know, I'm not getting I'm not getting any younger as well, so I gotta take advantage of, uh, of my use. I'm 30 years old right now, and who oh, knows? Bro, you, you don't look 30 at all. <laughs> you have a little kid face, man. <laughs> I get that a lot, but you know, I I don't I don't want to feel old. I don't want to get to that point where I'm already feeling old, where I'm not where I'm not feeling, where I'm not reacting as I want to, and you know, I just want to take advantage of this because I don't want to get one day get old and I say to myself I should have fought him. When I was in my prime, I should have fought him when I was in my prime, and that's the reason why we went uh, we went up against the the tougher opponent in the 130 division. Everybody was scared of Velikan Bichet, and I, I raised a hand and said, "I want to fight him because um, I think I can beat him." But I don't know. Maybe he beats me, but we will never know if I don't take the, the risk. And I said that to myself: I don't want to one day be old and say I should have fought Velikan Bichet when I was in my prime. Because who knows what would have happened. So we, we, we took the risk and we, and we won the fight, thank God. Do you think that the Jamel Herring fight, I, I read something that he has a mandatory, that he has to take the mandatory or he's going to be stripped. So do, do you think that he's going to have to go through that mandatory and then you're going to have to have like a, a title defense and then go into that fight? Because if that's the case, give me the Leo Santa Cruz fight, please, bro. Please, <laughs> give me that fight. I, I, I haven't heard from that, but... um. Because I've heard from my managers or or or, uh, or top rank, but like I say, either one. If it's Leo Santa Cruz, I will gladly love it. Bro, if it's uh, Jamal Harry, that, that, that <laughs> for real. Like, but that, that's, it, but it, is it isn't that a fight? Of, regardless of what happened to Leo, and this is the thing yeah. that sometimes pisses me off about boxing fans because just because Leo got knocked out, you know, they think like he's he's no good anymore, which is not true. Well, you know, well that's what I was going to tell you. Guy that, that you don't think fought, I would, you, know? you don't think I would get a lot of criticism saying that I, I ducked. Jermaine Herring to fight Lil Santa Cruz. Either way, you're gonna get I'm gonna get criticism for, for a lot of things, maybe. But um, I would want to look, fight with Lil Santa Cruz. But I think if I fight Lil Santa Cruz, you know, if I beat him, it's because he lost. He had a he, he didn't recover from a knockout. If I lose, you know, it's a lose. It will be like a lose lose type of thing. But I repeat, if a fight's there, it gets it gets offered. Of course, just just take it. 
let's take all the fights that they, they, they throw in front of us, you know. Uh, forced for me to pick and choose, you know, it will be easier, but, you know, it's, we got to go to the top rank first. But I repeat, I, I, I agree with you, but I'm curious to, to see what people would think about that fight, if it's interesting for them or not. Like you just said before, some it's, boxing fans. It's interesting fans, to me, but obviously you would hear some of that, but I think at the end of the day, people would tune in because I, I think even with that knockout loss, Leo got a lot of respect, a lot of respect because he went out on the <laughs> shield. And he, no, and, he, and he was, he was giving, well, giving a great fight. Yeah. He was doing a great, a great fight. He was doing it. But this is boxing. This is what happens. Uh, Marquez knocked out Manny Pacquiao in a tremendous fashion way. And Pacquiao to this day is still giving, giving great fights. So his career wasn't over after that knockout. And that should be the, the same way how people would see Leo Santa Cruz. I don't think Leo Santa Cruz's career is over. I truly believe Santa Cruz still has a lot to, to, to show to the world yet. And I don't think it would be a lose-lose for you either because uh, at the end of the day, uh, having a name like Leo Santa Cruz, I, I think Leo Santa Cruz is going to end up being in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, that, that, that if you end up winning, you're, you're going to have a win over a Hall of Famer, you know? And when yeah. you look back at your your uh, your resume, you know, if, if you were to have a Leo fight and you were to beat him, be like, okay, he, he got a win against Burchelt in a fight that he wasn't expected to win. He beat this Hall of Famer in Leo Santa Cruz that, that was dominant in the lower weight class divisions. Like, you know, like it, it starts adding up your case for a Hall of Fame career. Exactly. I, I agree with you. I do believe him. He's a Hall of Fame and you're kind of convincing me now that I want to fight Leo Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like I said, like I said, I, 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 I fear no fighter. If it gets offered, of course, you know, we'll, we'll take it. But I, I'm just curious to, think, to see what, uh, what the fans will think about that fight. Now, uh, changing uh, topics now, Oscar, um, on an ending uh, subject. Now, you, you live in Sonora, Mexico, right, Hermosillo? Yes. Your English is, like, perfect, but you, you live in Mexico. So, uh, you know, I don't know if people have, have uh, heard this or, or touched on this, but how is it that you have, like, such perfect English? Like, did you live here in the States for a long time and then move back? Like, let me know a little bit about that. When we were a little kid, we were little, uh, my father and my mother went to Tucson, Arizona. And uh, I did my whole elementary school in, in Tucson. And then my father and my mother got a divorce. And I went back to my father to, to Nogales. And, but, you know, as a kid, you learn, you learn very fast. You learn. I did my whole elementary from first grade to fifth grade, I believe. We went back. So English was... England was with me ever since. And that's why my English is very well. So it just, it just stick with me. What, what did your parents do for work when they were uh, over here in, uh, in Arizona? My dad was a miner. Uh, he worked in the mines in, uh, in uh, what was it, uh, uh, Green Valley. Green Valley is close to Tucson, in the middle of Tucson and Nogales. And things were going going very well but you know they got they got into the divorce and my father decided to move back to to nogales was that and my mother like a tough um, transition from like living here going back to nogales not really it wasn't as tough as uh, you know as i see a lot of a lot of people affecting them uh i think in the country i think it helped me you know as my boxing career because uh my father was just pretty much dedicated towards me you know, it was, just, it was just my father and myself, you know, as a, as a team, 
as my best friend, as my father, as my trainer, as everything. So the person that I am right now as a champion and as a person in, uh, outside the ring, it's because of my father. You know, and I, I owe him everything because he dedicated his life to me uh, after that, after that moment. So I will forever be grateful for my father. He's my role model. He's like my best friend. He's my trainer, my manager, my father, all that combined. So it was hard not being with my mother, but at the same time, it all turned out to be for something good because my father's dedicated his whole life to, to me. Yeah, and your dad looks super young. Did he have you like uh, as a young kid? Uh, I think he was uh, 19 years old when he had yeah, like because he's very young. Yeah, I remember when I first saw both you guys. When I think he uh, was at a press conference. I think like a, a Provodnikov Bradley. I think they announced you or something like that. And I remember I thought your dad was your brother. Like I thought it was your <laughs> older brother. Yeah, we get that a lot. We get that a lot from everybody. To this day, we still get that, you know, because he, he looks very young, and because because he had me very young. Um, but yeah, my dad, you know, she's always it's always been me and like my father and myself. Just, just us two. You know, I, I give him a lot of credit because it, obviously it's not easy being a single, a single parent well, as a father, and you know, caring with your son here and there to tournaments. And the, the, the benefit that we had is wasn't that we just were here in Mexico. We got to travel through, through USA to to fights and the little, little tournaments, and we get more experience. That we will go back to Nogales and fight over here on this side. We back, go. We went back and forth, and we had a lot of experience. We had a lot of amateur fights, and that's the reason why I was able to pretty much go to Olympics and and, um, and come back and have a lot of experience as a professional as well. Did your dad do boxing, like, or did he have like no like boxing experience, and he just put? You no, in he boxing? he no he boxed as a when he was a younger as a young guy. He used to box. That's the reason why I went to you know following his footsteps. I followed him one day to a gym, and you know. And he had a pair of gloves. Some 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 guy had his kid fighting, and he said, "Put his son with with was with me." And that's how it all started. You know, just following my dad's footsteps. How old were you? Never, never, never professional. My dad was just an amateur, but but um, he was always he was always into boxing. I was eight years old when I first went to boxing gym. At uh, I was nine years old when I heard, when I had my first fight. Do you still remember that first fight, like vividly? Oh yeah, I still remember. I still remember my first four fights because my first four fights were losses. <laughs> oh, they were. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> my first fight, uh, that boxing wasn't for me. But I believe my second fight was against Jose Benavides. No way! As as yeah. a little kid. Yeah, we fought three times. Well, yeah, no wonder you lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we fought three times, and, and uh, it was all great fights. But Jose Benavides, who we never knew that in the future, you know, will be so much size difference. But yeah, they, we fought all over Arizona, a little bit of California, and even Nevada. We, we went all with my dad. Like I said, I give him a lot of credit because being a single parent and just driving your son everywhere here and there, for, just to have boxing experience, you know. You know, give him a lot of credit for that. What, was David born yet? Did you see David also? Uh, I, 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 remember, I remember David, I remember yeah. David, but he was nothing like he was right now. He was a, well, he wasn't small, but he was smaller, younger, mm. and he was very fat. Oh, you know, so even was, back then he was. Yeah, yeah, he was a very chubby kid. Yeah. Never did I think, never did I thought that he was going to be a 
the class world fighter that he is right now because of his because of his his um because he was a little uh, fat he's yeah chubby, he's just chubby. <laughs> the one that, the, i don't want to offend him right now <laughs> nah, he's open with it he knows it was no nah, he's, he's a good i, I know yeah. he's, he's a great guy he's, he's a great friend Dang, so you lost your so why did you keep with it? You like usually if you lose like four in a row, usually people will be like, nah, maybe this thing um, isn't for me. Because I just I was in love with boxing. I was in love with boxing and I don't know, I just kept on wanting wanting to fight. Wanted to go to the gym, train. I just thought boxing was something for me. It was, so it was something about boxing that I just felt attached to it, even though my first losses were, you know, my first fights were losses. And after that, I started winning, 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 winning. And then every now and then, loss. Then win 10 fights and another loss. And, and then I started getting better and better at it. So, you know, growing up in, in Mexico, you know, how was that for you and doing the boxing thing? Like, did you have to go, like, work? Or were you lucky enough that you were able to just focus on boxing? Um, I was, I was lucky enough to have the father that I had. Mm-hmm. You know, my father just, you know. There was one thing that I had to do well, and it wasn't boxing. It was being good at school. My dad was very, very strict on school. You know, as you get good grades, and you can continue boxing. He knew that I loved boxing so much, so he always put you. You always use that against me. You want to go to the gym? You got to get good grades, and that was just. My dad was always a military style father. You know, we wake up very early. You go run. You come back and you go to school. You go from school, do your homework, and then we go train. And that's how it was. That's how it was for me and my father. So um, I was, like I said, I'm very blessed to have uh, the father that I had. Did he have to do the mind stuff um, up until he became your manager? Like, did he eventually stop that, obviously, right? Stopped what? I'm sorry. Do, uh, doing the mining stuff. Oh, no, he stopped. He stopped, like, I believe, uh, um, after the Twin Towers happened, that, that's where he stopped. He got laid off from the work and mm. we went back. And then th- that's when he focused on the, you and the, your burgeoning Olympic career. Yes, that's where pretty much where we all kept on, you know, dedicating more time to, to me. And then, you know, obviously, not, not obviously, uh, for you fans that do or do not know, you know, Oscar was a part of uh, two Olympic teams, um, 2008 and uh, 2012. Uh, you know, you, you faced, uh, you know, a, a lot of well-known opponents now that are pros, you know, Carlos Cuadras, uh, Lomachenko. Um, uh, I'm, I'm missing one other one, too, as well. Uh, Ray, Vargas. Ray, Ray Vargas. Yeah. Uh, I fought a lot of great fighters that right now are doing some name in, 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 uh, in, as a professional. Uh, Asat, Asat is from, he's trained with, with uh, Freddie Roach, uh, great fighter, of hundred and he's a 122-pounder. He 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 stopped, I believe, uh, Ronnie Rios. I also fought the gold medalist um, from Uzbekistan. Uh, can't remember his name, but he's a gold medalist from 2016, I believe. Uh, I, I beat him as an amateur. Uh, I also fought. Um, let us all rest in peace, uh, Max Maximilis from from Russia. Yes, I fought him as an amateur as well. Mm, obviously Lomachenko lost to John Joe Nevins uh, uh, Ireland fighter in the Olympics uh, and, and I, I fought a lot of great great names in, in, as an amateur I fought Joseph Diaz I fought 
That's there's so a lot of fighters. Cool. That's crazy. A lot, a lot, a lot, lot of fighters. Like, all accomplished, like pros. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, what do you remember most about the Olympics? My first Olympics was way different from my second Olympics. My first Olympics, I was 17 years old. I was uh, was concentrating on winning the fights, obviously, but I was also thinking about who I was going to see in the Olympics. Uh, what are the Olympics about? Am I gonna what see about Kobe? the open ceremony? Ones? That's the time where I got yeah. to see Kobe, and, and you know, I got that got that great experience of him, me actually talking to him. Oh, you actually got to meet him. Oh yeah, yeah. I were I was losing weight. I was we were doing some mid work with, with my coach, Prof. Um, Onia, and you know, Prof. Onia would always joke around and say, "Hey, look, it's uh, Floyd Mayweather." It wasn't Floyd Mayweather. It was just a normal black guy. You know, he was always. That type of guy who just joke around and we're doing mitts and he tells me, he yells at me, throw right because Kobe's looking at you. <laughs> you get out of here. Kobe's not really looking at me. And then we do a step where I turn, keep on working. I look and it's actual Kobe looking at me. Yeah, oh shit. And I'm working and, and Kobe, you know, he's looking at me, he's looking at the merch mitts and he, he tells me in Spanish, uh, eres muy rapido, amigo, suerte. And, and, and then, you know, I was very excited and I talked to, I answered back in English and he said, oh, you know English? I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I live in the States when I was a kid and I just, just tell me the whole story. He tells me, when are you going to fight? And I tell him, August 13th, like, in the next couple of days. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. Bueno, suerte, amigo. And he leaves. And I was, hey, can I take a picture before you leave? Yeah, we took a picture. It was a very cool experience. Years later, um, I'm watching a um, Olympic magazine, and you, Kobe's there at the fights, and it says right there, August 13th. So he actually went to see me. I didn't know he was there. But years later, I realized, wow, he did actually go to, he went to the fights the day that I, that I told him I was in the fight. So it was pretty pretty cool experience seeing Kobe. But that was a different mindset that I had from my second Olympics. My second Olympics, I was very focused. There was only one thing in my mind that was to get that gold medal to bring that medal back to my country. And I almost had it. Very close fight, you know, against John John Evans. And it was a great experience. Very sad experience because you dedicate four years of your life. You, that I could have been professional. Um, I dedicated those four lives, th those four years of my life to to go to Olympus and get that gold medal. And I, I didn't accomplish it. So I was very heartbroken, very sad. But my people, you know, cheering me up. Because in the eyes of a lot of people here in, in my country, they saw me win that fight. And that's what it all mattered. Seeing my people be happy for the result that I had and, and my effort that I gave in the fight. Well, it all worked out. You're two-division world champion now. But the, that Kobe story is actually really, really cool. And it shows you um, the, the kind of person that Kobe was, man. That, that, that's a really cool thing of him to, to go and see you fight. And like, who, who would think? Who would have thought yeah, that? Right? You know? and, and and some people might say, "Hey, man, you're you're lying. That's not true." But I can show you that picture where, where <laughs> I fought, and he's there, and I got a picture. So it's like, there's no need to lie. He was a great, you know. I'm talking to Kobe. He's talking to me in Spanish. You know, he's talking. You know, it was it was uh, it was a very special moment. How was like the legend of Lomachenko? You as an amateur, like you know. What was like his perception? Like what was being said? Like how was he perceived during that time? 
Well, Lomachenko was a god in those days. Yeah. You know, and then, yo, Lomachenko was already, Lomachenko was already recognized as the best amateur fighter in history. And for me, when I was going to fight him in the world championships, to me, it was just another fighter. And the same mindset as I have, you know, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's no fighters invincible. There's, this guy is beatable. But, you know, unfortunately, I lost the fight. You know, he, he beat me um, by a lot of points. When it was 15, like 15 to 5, that was the score. But um, it was definitely a great learning experience. You learn from you learn from your mistakes. You learn from from the from the, from your losses. That was the only time you guys fought in the amateurs, or, or you fought them a few more times? Yeah, it was, that was the only time. That was the only time that we got the chance to fight because after the after, after those world championships, um, the divisions moved. You know, it was it was one hundred and twenty six, and it went to uh, they took that division away and they made one twenty one twenty three, and then from the next one was one hundred thirty two. I was too small for 132, but I struggled a lot to make one, 123. So Lomachenko went up to, to 60 kilograms, which is 132 pounders, and he got the gold medal in that division. And me, well, I, I had to lose weight to make uh, 123. Was he any different back then than he is now, like in the ring? I always put Lomachenko was Lomachenko, but now and there he was a he was great. He's still a great fighter to this day. You know, he's just there was something that was special about him, and I would always tell him, I would always tell everybody, I don't know why he's not professional yet. He's uh, he's pretty much playing with these fighters, these amateurs fighters. He's he wins he wins all these fights pretty much easy. So why don't see with him? Why not going up to his professional, which eventually he did. Yeah, no, he, and he's had a a great career. Hey Oscar, um, great chatting with you, man. Uh, thank you so much. You know, it was a good and interesting chat uh, having uh, with you. You know, uh, finally, you know what, what's left for Oscar Valdez. You know, what other goals get you excited? Uh, you know, what's driving you at this point? We got a lot of goals in life. Um, you know, a lot of things on my bucket list, but right now, you know, finishing my boxing career is the most important thing right now. Um, there's one goal that I have. And it's to be considered to be in the in the top list of uh, the best Mexican fighters. It's going to be very hard. I know it's going to be very hard, but nothing's impossible in life. And that list, you know, I want kids to one day in the, in the future say, uh, "I want to be like Oscar Valdez." Being that list of the great Mexican fighters like Julio Cesar Chavez, Salvador Sanchez, Finito Lopez, Eric Morales, Marco Antonio Barrera. Oh, you know, you got a lot of. To be in that list with these fighters, you got to go through hell. But that's something that I'm willing to do. And all these fighters have something in common. They won championships in different divisions. And if they defended their titles many times, they all have losses. But they're all great fighters. And that's why I'm not scared of putting my undefeated record on the line against an all-other fighter because you can still have losses and still be a great fighter like Juan Manuel Marquez, or even the great Julio Cesar Chavez. So my goal in my combustion career is to be in that list one day. I know it's, it's going to be very hard because those are my idols and those are people who I would never try to compare myself to them. But hopefully one day I will get close and people recognize me as one of the best. That is Oscar Valdez, the current WBC super featherweight champion of the world who is also undefeated. 
Oscar, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Enjoy this rest period as well. Uh, you've earned it, my man. Thank you. Anytime, brother. I'm hoping to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Fight Up TV. If you enjoyed this interview today, leave us a five-star review. It would help us out a lot. Stay up to date with us online as well. Make sure to follow us on our social media at Fight Up TV. Thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.